We want to walk closer with you and in deeper ways with you. And we just acknowledge that it will make us more uncomfortable, Lord. But I pray that discomfort, Lord, will not be uh, misinterpreted, Lord, for sin or anything like that, Lord. But it will be you calling us closer. And I just pray for every single one of us to go deeper in you, Lord, to be built up in the faith. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, team. Thanks, guys. You can take a seat. As you take a seat, I do, I do want you to consider, I want you to consider the issue of discomfort in our, in our walk with the Lord and, um, and just how Jesus worked with His disciples. And how he walked with them. And uh, if you just look at Jesus in the, in the Gospels, he frequently brought a sense of discomfort to his disciples. Either by confusing them or by asking them things to do that they weren't used to. Um, taking them to a place that they did not know where or how it will work out. And uh, I found just in, in our, our church life and that times of worship in particular, times of singing to the Lord, uh, in particular touches that nerve of discomfort. You know, um, can we maybe just this feedback, just check that a little bit please. So that thing touches our, our nerve and I'm speaking of Ruan as well, that when I sing or maybe jump or there's, you know, there's things that are uncomfortable but they're not sin, they're just uncomfortable. But I find, if I have to be honest, there are some sins I can do more comfortably than, you know, at times jumping or shouting for Jesus. The discomfort of following Jesus feels more, and I really want to encourage you to press through that thing. Uh, freedom for a convict who was in jail for a long time is way more uncomfortable than staying there in, in jail, in prison. And God wants to free us, and it will be through the door of discomfort, even sometimes a door of offense, if I can call that. He might offend you, but to step through into more of God. And just as I've been listening this morning, the cell phone tower, it needs to be positioned rightly. It's uh, the, the, the understanding the view of God and seeing God as bigger. It's at the place, places of discomfort oftentimes that God, that we find that with God. And so uh, allow God to push you. Allow God to lead you. Uh, lead us into those moments. If it's a little bit longer or maybe shorter when we want it to go longer. The, you know, it's sometimes just opposite to what we expect. But let's allow God. So Father, I, I do want to pray into this area and just... Lord, if it's singing, if it's sharing a testimony, if it's reaching out, or if it's prayer life, Lord, whatever it be, I just ask that our hearts would really acknowledge you, Lord, and be awake to your leading in our midst, and that that sense of eternity, Lord, 
would, would just widen up in our, in our hearts, Lord, that it's now with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Kala. So let's receive uh, the word in Kala. Um, and uh, let's, let's, let's allow God to build through him into us. Eh? Amen. Uh, let's trust God. So we receive you, Kala, as a blessing to us, a gift. Preach it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I must say, you know, it's, it's rare that I come to a place that I feel so comfortable. Uh, initially, I almost feel more comfortable than Stellenbosch, so I, uh, I, wa- <laughs> I was, though, um, this morning um, when I was dressing up for today, I thought, like, maybe my Stellenbosch t-shirt needs to come off, and I had to admit, there was a little bit of fear of Ina that came upon me. <laughs> So I had a nice button shirt on. <laughs> in Paul, in Paul. <laughs> so I, uh, um, yeah, obviously, like Ron said, I mean, we, uh, we've come along. I know Cassie for 21 years, and we were on for 21 years. And, I mean, many of the others shortly just... Sh- I mean, in that space of time, it's decades now. Oh, we can say decades. <laughs> wow. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the joke always for me uh, in, in just being friends with Ruan so long and um, being in Bible school with him and, and, and being in ministry with him is there has been, in general, in those days, this, this desperation or cry that, Man, if Ron can just sin once, <laughs> all of us will feel better. <laughs> yeah, but luckily over the years he got children and all those things. <laughs> so we start to feel better. So <laughs> anyway, I I um, I shared a. Um, with Ron and Wednesday, it's interesting you guys are doing the Zechariah, um, a little bit of Zechariah and the rebuilding of the, of the, um, of the temple and, and the city. And uh, um, just something in that, I'm not going to speak about that the whole time. Marcellus asked that I should please be finished before three. I, I will, I will. Um, but um, <clears throat> there's, a, there's one section where Zerubbabel would lay the foundation and then he, he had this encounter with an angel that would come with a measuring rod. And, you know, it's, it's, if I would observe a, a foundation of any building, it's, it's, it's quite difficult because the foundation is the thing. All right. The, the, the cell phone tower is out of tune a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, the one thing about the foundation is all the building, all the work went underground. All the work went out of sight. I mean, that's literally what's happened. I don't know from my observation how this building would look like. I don't know from my observation how much work is placed in. You know, I, I, I mean, if it's a piece of land or if, it's, if there's nothing or something, I can't detect from a distance when, when the only thing that is around is the foundation. All right? 
And it's interesting, you know, when, when, when the angel then with the plumb line come to measure, he went to the foundation, which was the only thing that was left. He couldn't see. It's like, this is not an awesome work. It like, looks like any piece of land out there. But it's when he looked at the foundation, he said, do not despise the day of small beginnings. By simply observing the foundation, I can see what type of work this will be. Right. And even though it was not visible and there's, you know, the, the magnificence of what it would turn out to be, it couldn't be seen. But at the root, you could have seen what this work will look like at the end. <laughs> and I know this is, this is a fairly young work here, obviously. You guys have, have planted recently. Um, I think you guys would do well, you know, in even that which not, cannot be celebrated from a distance. That which cannot be reported as from a distance. But if the angel of the Lord would come and measure the very foundation of what, is, what are these guys building upon? What is the core? What is the culture? What is the thing? Can you step back and say, do not despise the day of small beginnings? will become an awesome work, right? So I just, I leave that out there. But uh, actually, I, uh, Ron gave me the freedom to pray about this morning. So I, 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 I prayed and I, I, had a, um, I had a feeling and I, I'll, I'll just share quickly what, what I want to speak about and then obviously I'll speak about it. But um, I felt there's four instances Four instances in the New Testament where sleeping was referred to. Um, and each one addressed different states where people are at. <laughs> and I actually had that on my heart. And I feel like by addressing these four states of sleeping, I will, I will address four different states and hearts that is in this meeting or in this group and in this church. And the, the first one, or the first two is coupled together. You know, it's very interesting. There's two instances in the Bible where Jesus and his disciples, or where a group or a, a part of them were sleeping. The one instance was at a boat where there was a storm, and everybody was awake except Jesus. He was sleeping. But the very opposite happened in Gethsemane, where everybody was sleeping except Jesus. I think my problem is sometimes we're awake when Jesus is sleeping. <laughs> and sometimes we're sleeping when Jesus is awake. And so the first instance, the first instance that we find is where, where Jesus is, uh, is sleeping and the disciples are awake. And obviously the thing that keeps them awake is not eternity. <laughs> The things that's keeping them awake is the storms and the natural conditions of what they see. And somehow, the it's really a commandment, do not worry. Do not worry is a command, by the way. If you worry, you're in sin. I mean, we speak about uncomfortables. If you worry, you're in sin. Because Jesus commanded, do not worry. Right? And so, do not worry. And so worry has crept obviously in them as their eyes went away from the sleeping Jesus. 
through the winds and storms and those type of things. I found myself recently in this last while worrying a lot. So here I am. I'm confessing of my sin. I worry. Worried a lot. See, the thing that caused me to worry is this. There's this funny thing about worry. Whenever I think about an issue, well, let me tell you firstly Paul's, Paul's approach to things. I think I've shared with Ron this the other day. It's amazing how he says this. Whenever I think about you, I pray. You know what I do? Whenever I think about you, I think some more about you. It's, it's interesting when Jesus has to say, do not worry, for who by worrying can change one thing? Somehow. I don't, I don't know why he had the need to say it, but he, he has the need to say it, but so somehow we think worrying will change things or thinking about things. It's like, let me just think about it. And I mull over my head until I've gone full circle and thought this through well. And then I think, let's just go one more, one more time around this. Right? And so Paul says, you know, whenever I think, whenever I consider the winds and the waves, whenever I consider this or that condition, it's like, here it is, Jesus. Here it is, Jesus. And just never allow the wind and the waves to creep in on us, you know. And here, Shalise, if you want to put the verse up, you, you don't have to. I'll just, just mention, but in Isaiah 26 verse 3, it says, He keeps him in perfect peace, whose mind is set upon the Lord. You know, I, I, you know the, the, the thing with, with Jesus calling Peter, a different, different instance where Jesus called Peter, walking on the water, and he calls Peter out of the boat. It's a similar situation, you know. I don't know how many of you have had that, you know, where, where, where Jesus is calling you to step out. You know, you've heard him. It's like this little bit of a wrestle. And then, but what I've realized, it's not the first step that's sometimes the challenge. Look at Peter. It's that second one. Oh, man. What it, the boat is suddenly so far back now. I'm in the middle. And suddenly the waves and the sea and all those things become so, so evident. And again, it was in the second step that Jesus had to get him out. The first step. He sometimes tricks us in it. <laughs> and then, oh, shucks, the boat is too far. I'm just like, nowhere down, nowhere to go. And he looks at us. When the, an encouragement then again to Peter. Look at me. Oh, you have little faith. So I want, to, I, want to, I want to speak to those that are very much awake when Jesus is calling you to sleep. Where the worry and the cares of this world is mulling all over. Just go to sleep. He's sleeping. He's sleeping. Can you let that worry go to sleep? Can you go all those cares? Can you let it just go to sleep? The second instance, <laughs> Gethsemane. And uh, Jesus says to the guys, come and watch and pray, guys. And uh, they don't watch and pray, they went to sleep. And Jesus is the one laboring in prayer. You know, there used to be a, a joke that we have to make. Can you imagine if Cassie was one of Jesus' disciples? Ah. Uh. 
same challenges of always. So can you imagine? I was thinking if Cassie was one of Jesus' disciples, you know. I, I mean, I don't know who those guys were, but there's no ways that Cassie would have slept when Jesus asked him, <laughs> watch and pray. The Bible would have had to be rewritten if Cassie was a disciple. Someone said to me, yeah, but it was before the Holy Spirit was poured out. I said, I don't know if Cassie needed <laughs> But you know, it's, uh, um, it's the opposite that, way, that, that happens here. Suddenly, eternity is shouting. It's the most significant moment in the history of mankind. The Son of God is about to die for the sins of all mankind. And somehow, people are not picking up on what God is doing. They're not picked up on eternity. They're dull to eternity. And they went to sleep. And Jesus is awake, and he's disgusted. At guys, they're sleeping while they should be awake. You know, um, in, uh, in Hebrews 5, um, from verse 10, the, the writer says to the people, he says to them, listen, I want to speak about Melchizedek, which is a, a type of Jesus. But he, he speaks about Jesus as his eternal priesthood. And he wants to introduce eternity to them now. And to have the eternal perspective. And then he, he kind of interrupts himself in the next verse. And he says, we, I have a lot to say about him, but you are not ready to receive this now. Because you've become dull of hearing. You've kind of have become dull to the things of eternity. It's not shaking you. It's not moving you as it used to. The word comes in and out every Sunday. It just brushes and just, just, just kind of washes over you. But the effect, the, the rip, the mm, is just gone. You're asleep to it. What is in your heart? I know if I ask this question today, what is in your heart? All of you will be so noble. <laughs> well, many of us will be noble and say, no, I love Jesus. I hear it all the time, you know. No, it's not like I don't love Jesus. I really love Him. It's not like I'm dull to eternity. I really am awake to it. My heart is full of Him. So can I test what's in your heart today? We can have a tester, all right? You, you must just play along with me. But well, I'm going to test your heart now, okay? Your heart is full, whatever comes out of your mouth. If I just sit you down, what does your conversations gravitate to? That's what your heart is full of. The people that is around you that just... Every now and then have conversations with you, long time. What, what would they say comes out of your mouth? Because whatever your conversations gravitate to and whatever your tongue is gravitating to, that's what your heart is full of. Do you know what your heart is full of? <laughs> if you're not sure, just ask the people that surround you a lot. They will tell you what they hear about you all the time. And that's what would be in your heart. That's what's ringing at the moment. What are you awake to? What is stirring you? Ah, 
Jesus was in the meeting this morning, right? Jesus was in this meeting this morning. He was there. And it's amazing how you could see the cell phone towers go zoosh. Or it just... There's a whiteness to the things of God. Right. The third sleepiness is a tricky one. All right. And that is when, when Lazarus was, what shall we say? Depending on what angle you look at, asleep. And so... Um, Am I, am I dropping it the whole time? <laughs> All right. It's, a, it's interesting. So the, um, <clears throat> Lazarus, Lazarus is asleep. Well, Jesus says so. <laughs> and so the disciples says to him, well, Jesus, if he's asleep, don't we just wake him up? So Jesus says, all right, he's dead. And so I, I was praying this morning, you know, and, and on this point, <laughs> I felt, I felt um, the Lord is saying, you know, that there's this destiny here. Ach, this legacy here. Legacy. This legacy here. But you know, Jesus, now Paul encourages, he says, one thing I do one thing I do, I, I, in fact, with everything that is in me, I know that I've not attained, Paul, I mean, all right, but if there's one thing that I do, is I dare not look back, I stretch forward. And you know, one of the things that I feel God wants to say today <laughs> is we can look at the legacy. We can look at the legacy and what God has done. And sometimes we say, it will wake up soon. Just leave it, okay? And Jesus says it's dead. It's dead. The only thing, the only remedy is a new resurrection life. But resurrection life comes only with the recognition of death. And that which is asleep, everyone, <laughs> I remember you gave this word, but I think it's so powerful. That which is asleep, ach, don't call. <laughs> don't treat that which is dead as asleep. You know, I know that there's a lot of dreams here. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, you know, as, as, as our beginning of our Christian walk, you know, and there's purpose and there's dreams and all those things that comes out. Sometimes I say to guys, I don't know if there's a little bit of a difference between dreams or fantasy. <laughs> but we all do it in the name of Jesus, all right? <laughs> but there's these things that comes as we are... In God, you know. 
And I think sometimes what God wants is, can you lay it down that I can, can, can revive my dream? Can you lay it down that I can revive my life? No, 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 Jesus. My dream is just sleeping. He's going to wake up now. Just leave him. Just leave him, Jesus. He's not sleeping. Oh, some of you need to hear it. Your dream is not sleeping. It's dead. The day you acknowledge it's dead, the day Jesus can resurrect new life. It's interesting, you know, how it happens in the natural. If I say something is dead, all of us here would assume at some stage that thing lived. The very thing that something is dead means at some stage it lived. It's impossible to die if it didn't live first. In the spirit, it's exactly the opposite. Nothing could live unless it died before. As sure as death of life precedes death, so sure in the spirit, death precedes life. If you say this is resurrection life, then <laughs> there was death. It had to be. It had to be. And so, you know, I, I feel for God to revive, to bring dreams about. Shona, there's a lot there. <laughs> there's a lot there. But it's to almost go, okay, God, my dream, my destiny, how I thought it will pan out, Jesus. You're going to wake it up, won't you? Just, just I, I'm waiting, please. Uh-uh. Let it die. Ah! <sighs> Thank you. Now I can rise my plans. Now I can rise my dreams. Now I can rise my destiny in you. You know, if in the case of Lazarus we could acknowledge it's dead, and Jesus could finally call out, Lazarus, Come out. I feel that there is something that Jesus wants to say. Destiny, come out. Dreams, come out. Purpose, come out. Hope, come out. Come out of the recognition of death so that Jesus can rise his. Come out. It's not sleeping, guys. <laughs> it's dead. Let's treat it like that. <sighs> then the last one. The last one. I, I had a... Um, <clears throat> my Christian walk, I, I, like all of us, like many of us, I, I just want to interrupt myself on, on the previous point. It's a pity if you don't have notes, you know, it's like it, it just pops every now and then up. So what, what I want to say, it's, it's interesting, I've, I've, in, in having the privilege of walking with people in their different stages in their journey with God, it's just like probably for me the most exhilarating thing ever. It's just to see every stage and where people are at and how to click them forth to the next place, next step in God. 
But you know, one of the things that I've found many times, if people had a fairly radical experience in God when they got born again, or they had some marker in their life where Jesus was, you know, they experienced him quite intensely. And that experience wanes away. I hear people so often ask me, how can I get it again? And it's almost they had an experience at some stage in their Christian life and the rest of their Christian life till they die is to how to re-experience that experience. I've got news for you. It's never again going to be like that because Jesus has moved on. And if you would not have a hut on a little mountain and just leave it and follow him, he will take you into depths. He will take you into experiences. He will take you in a widening of seeing him like you never thought is possible. Not just limited to a certain experience or a certain feeling or a certain thing. He will take you. But then we need to move on with him and moving on. Like Christianity is not defined to relive that experience when I just got saved. All right. Fourth sleep. <laughs> is when, when, again, in my Christian experience, I, um, I started off, like most of us, trying to attain things of God and laboring and slaving away and always coming short, you know. And then one day I got an experience. I realize, I realize that God works in me and I work out. For it's God who works in me both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. And then just the previous verse that helps us says, for work out. So we, God works in and we work out, you know. And I, I started realizing that it is first God that works inside of man. The ministry of the Spirit is from the heart that works itself out. Instead of trying to labor outwardly, hoping for an inward change, I realize it's all the way, other way around. It's Him that working in me that affects an outward change. And suddenly there's a fresh dependency on Jesus as I realize this thing. But then I, uh, um, <laughs> I suddenly, I, I, I had this um, down the line, I felt, I felt God said to me at one time, I need to pray more, uh, just a season of intercession more and so on. And so again, you know, I, I know, God, if you don't do it, I can't do it, Jesus. And so I wake up in the morning and it's like, oh, it's just no juice. It's just like, so I... As noble as I can, you know, I go for, before God, I fall on my knees, and I says, God, if you don't do it in me, I can't do this. God, if you don't move me, I can't move. And I heard a voice as loud as can be saying, just pray. <laughs> I couldn't understand it. It's like, no, 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 God, you need to move in me here. So I, uh, I spoke to my father-in-law about this dilemma that I had, you know, the spiritual crisis here. Because it seems like it checked my theology a little bit here. I mean, he needs to. And it's like, so I spoke to my father-in-law and I said to him, 
you know, I explained to my situation. My father, obviously, as you would see, father knows Japanese. He's kindred spirit, served Jesus for almost 50 years now. And uh, I, 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 I spoke to him. I told him just my experience. And he considered, and he looked at me, and he said, there is two mountains that every believer must conquer. First mountain is the inward, outward mountain. But the second mountain is the outward, inward mountain. You can never substitute them. But after the inward, outward movement of mountain, you will find the outward, inward movement. Mu'ach movement, mountain. So, some of us, you know, like for instance, I, I needed revelation to understand I'm accepted in Jesus. I needed revelation to understand He has made a way for me. And I felt like a sinner. I felt terrible. And God come and shone His revelation in me. I felt accepted. And I ran to His seat, accepted by the Father. Oh, thank you, Jesus. But then, there was moments where I didn't feel it, man. It was not according to how I feel. But I knew. I knew. I knew. I knew who I am. I didn't feel who I am. <laughs> but I knew who I am. I didn't feel very accepted. And this time God says, I call you for a different type of faith. Now you step out. Not in what you feel or what you experience, but what I've previously revealed to you. And the mountain changed. And as I stepped out, even though I didn't feel it, suddenly the life started returning to me. When God told me to pray, and I say, God, unless you do it in me, I can't do it. <laughs> he said, just pray. You won't believe it. As I started praying, suddenly the juices returned. Suddenly the life started flowing again. Suddenly the hunger, the cry started going. Now there's a verse in Ephesians 5. We can maybe go to that one. I think it's 5.14. Now, Ephesians, let me just make sure. <laughs> um, Ephesians is a very interesting book for me because it's, Ephesians is, it's just speaking about this very thing. The first three chapters in Ephesians doesn't tell us one practical thing to do. It doesn't tell us to pray. It doesn't tell us to love our brothers. It doesn't tell us love our wives. It doesn't tell us anything. That comes later. Paul knows you can't just tell a guy on the bat to do that. You first really need to empower him before we can go to that part. You know, It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like chapter 5. Whoa, whoa, guys, don't take that on now. Let me first help you here, right? And so for three chapters, Ephesians goes and tells us who we are in Jesus. It tells us our position. And then in chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Now that you know who you are, now that the inward work is set in your heart, walk worthy according to the call of God. But this verse in Ephesians... <laughs> shaked it 
around. It says, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine his light upon you. Do you see that it's the other way around? I was always, Christ, just shine your light on me and you will see how awake I am. I need that light, Jesus. Now, let me tell you again, don't get those mountains upside down or wrong way around. We can't do anything from not an initial working of God. But I'm saying here, some of you is over that first mountain. (laughs) Some of you have over that first mountain. I know it's uncomfortable. There was a time where it was so nice <laughs> when I worship. I mean, a tinkle. I, I remember when I just got saved. I, I said to the guys, I mean, I, I, I come out of a bit of a drug culture, you know. And I remember saying to my friends, you know, I've done many drugs, but let me tell you, there's just nothing like Jesus. <laughs> it gave me a high like nothing else. I mean, I looked forward to worship sessions that I looked forward to club sessions. It was, there was an exhilaration. It was, it was like, it was awesome. And then there came time where it was just like, you know, lifting my hand will feel like a 10 tons lifting up, you know. And then the enemy will say to me, oh, you're so religious. You're so fake. You worship me without the feeling. You make it up. And so, in order not to be a hypocrite, I just played around with my feeling. I am who I am. (laughs) But I knew who God is. He's worked it in my heart now. He doesn't work me with a feeling anymore. He works me with the truth. I want to say there's two groups here. God, come and do it. Then there are those that says, God, come and do it again. Maybe for you. Maybe for you. It would be, no, you do it. And you'll see me do it again. You awake. And you see how Christ will shine His light upon you. Do not let the scare of religion in the name of you're a hypocrite or you don't have that cause you to draw back. We don't stand, we don't run anymore on this feeling inside, but on the truth. You are, you've said, you've done it. Regardless of how I feel. How much more faith does it take? How much more faith does it take? When I stand on truth, regardless if I feel it. And on that, I step out. And as I step out, the life comes back. It's running again. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. For the sleepy ones, for the awake ones, for everyone. All right. And maybe just these different areas I will touch. And maybe, maybe you can testify. Maybe that is where you are. And allow Jesus 
Just didn't deal with that issue. All right? So, I think I'll close your eyes. <laughs> Let's start there. <laughs> Jesus, I, I pray firstly. So, I, I want you... So, maybe... Look, I'm, I'm going to mention the state. And if it's you, you can just give me a little hand. You don't have to stand up or come to the front. I just, just acknowledge it with me. All right? So I, I want to say, if, you, if Jesus is asleep right now, but the winds and the waves are freaking you out, if you are honest, worry sometimes of a grip over your heart. Okay. If that is you, just give me a finger. Just give me a, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So Jesus, I pray that where the, the winds and the storm has started playing a bigger role in our lives than you, have got more attention of our eyes than you, Lord, we want to repent again today. And Father, we pray that as we turn to you, Peace will come back into our hearts. Thank you, Father, for a peace, hallelujah, that is not even dependent on whether you quiet the storm or not. Because the peace is not in the quietness of the storm, but the peace is in your face. It is impossible, hallelujah, to worry in the face of Jesus. It's impossible to worry in the face of Jesus. And so for Jesus, I pray that highs of hearts will turn to you and peace will flood again. And Father, just as a bonus, as the hearts is there, just quiet every storm. Just tell the wind to be quiet. Whew. Every heart, every mind. And Jesus, then I pray, Lord, where, where we have become very much asleep to the things of you, where eternity is no longer gripping our hearts. And Jesus, we can just look at our conversations and you know exactly what's going on in our heart. Lord, it doesn't grip us. It doesn't spike us anymore. It's not excited anymore. Lord, the things of this earth has got a greater appeal in our lives, Jesus, than you. We've become dull in hearing, Jesus. Oh, we know all the right things. We know all the answers. We know, yeah. It doesn't penetrate anymore, Jesus. It doesn't grip anymore. You know, maybe ask, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask this one. Again, it might be helpful to just acknowledge that as well. You know? So I'm going to ask if that's you. You're asleep when Jesus is awake. I know it's a bit harsh to say it, but let's acknowledge it. Can you just give me a finger as well? And I know I'm praying. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, Jesus. Revive, revive, revive. Revive, revive. Then Jesus, <laughs> I want to pray for those of us that are things, Lord, that long ago or recent times, we had in you, we hope to have it in you, but it's sleeping right now. <laughs> Thank you.
And Jesus, today we want to lay down the hope of that thing waking up and call it dead. Oh. And call it dead. As you call it, Jesus. And Jesus, I pray any of those things, I know them, I know them. Jesus, I pray. I pray today, Jesus, that we would have the guts to not call that which is sleeping, of that which is dead sleeping. Father, that we will open up our hands. And if you need to let go, if you need to call dead, that's what you hope is just sleeping. Just, just give me also an acknowledgement. <laughs> Thank you, Father, if there's an acknowledgement of death. Lord, we can now alongside you, oh, Jesus, we can now alongside you, the heart of the Father and the Holy Spirit, cry out. As you once did, Lazarus, come out. Dreams, come out. Destinies, come out. Purpose, come out. Gifting, come out. As you as destined, birthed from the heart of the Father by the power of the Spirit from the grounds of death. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. And Jesus, then I want to ask, that where we, have, where we have kind of become passive to certain areas because it's just not flowing as it used to. And we are acknowledging you must do it, but actually you are waiting for us this time to awake. And if you know there's certain areas that you need to wake up in, if you know you need to wake up in certain areas, will you just give me a little, little hand there? All right. It's like everybody. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I thought like it might be a good response, and I think that was the cry that came out in the morning, is that we would step out of what is uncomfortable in the worship. And so maybe I, um, a good response for us in this time would be to, to maybe acknowledge God and step out in worship, right? So I've asked Gussie, I know he's got always up there, up his sleeve something. So maybe if, if you guys can stand, maybe you can come to the, to the front and... You know, as, uh, as they're going to lead us in, in the song, I want to ask you to, to take a moment where as you responded to, I just want to say, close the deal. You know, sometimes you need to look that thing in the eye and it might be more than one thing. But just use the song to respond to God. 
is a way of, 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 of stating what you are believing now and what you are doing. Singing, Majesty. 
but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, listen to this, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with Him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. And uh, so I really, really want to encourage you. I think God really brought a prophetic word to us. Um, last week as Andrew with Jesus at the center this morning just a number of things that you can go home with and really work with God so allow His Spirit to reposition you I'm excited because God is speaking to us and uh, follow Him uh, personally follow Him together with us and let's see what God's going to do Amen have a great day Welcome to join us for some socializing, coffee, and so forth. And we see you in the week. Just say.